Trevor, and welcome to your Boo Crew Podcast, episode 412. Happy 2024, y'all. Woo! First episode of the new year. Leo, we haven't seen you in a while. How you doing? Doing okay, man. I'm surviving. Yeah. I've been sick, like one thing after another, man. So, spent the holidays, like, literally in bed. Ugh. Really? Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I... Did do anything? It's a familiar story, though. I've been hearing a lot of people getting sick. We had a bunch of that over here, too. I went from kidney stones to bad reaction to medication to a mild cold. Jeez. Back to the medication, yeah. Merry Christmas to you, huh? Oh my gosh. Oof. God. Wow. I'm yeah. so, so sorry to hear that. But yeah, I don't even think oh, you know. we haven't re- recorded together or seen each other in a very long time. Probably since the last yes. guest. Was it? Were you here when Scout was here? I don't even remember. No, no. Scout. So was it probably Joe Lynch, right? Yes, that was probably the last one. I'm thinking, yeah. That was wow. the end, end of October. Wow, it's been a while. Oh, there's Joe Lynch's episodes like starting to play in the background. I summoned Joe Lynch. <laughs> so I, I wanted to mention, like, last last week we had, um, or last episode, not last week. We skipped another week, I think. Uh, we, we did, like, a year-end wrap-up, just myself and Lauren. And Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, man. You, you, thanks. thanks for I listening, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> Our biggest fan. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it was fun. To, it was fun to hear uh, Terratine Scarlet. Man. Yeah, yeah, right. That was the first time she was getting some good ones. I was impressed. Yeah, she was doing great. She's been watching so much stuff. She's been really like dictating what we watch now. Yeah, she she makes the rules. and on a separate episode, Lauren. I'm glad that you finally saw Prometheus. Yes, I'm like Lots I was to talk about there. so bummed that you weren't there to talk with hey, me. Hey, he's here now. It. He's yes. here. I still haven't seen Prometheus, but I'm fine with whatever yeah, you guys so want to say we'll, about it. But. You know, we'll, we'll, I want you to see it because it's so good and it's so topical for everything that we've been watching and into and that I've been talking about. Which I'm sure we're going to talk about this episode, what we've all seen. Yeah, well, we're totally going to get to that. I wanted to just reference a couple of things that I know, um, Leo, I could just imagine you listening going, I can't believe you haven't mentioned this in the, in the year end wrap up. And in terms of the things we're looking forward to in 2024, one of those things that we never even mentioned was The Strangers. Oops. <laughs> the Strangers oh, Chapter yeah. One coming back in May. No, and we did. Can't wait no, to we, see we it. We talked about that before. Yeah, we have talked about yeah. that in the past yeah but yeah leo do you know anything else about that about it's, it's gonna be a trilogy correct it's a trilogy and i thought they were gonna be released in the same year but it looks like it might be multi-year or maybe two in a year not sure got it okay but it's a, the trilogy is supposed to tell a real complete story like not just what happened that night but what happens after the fact oh so, man that's great yeah it's really interesting yeah, strangers. The the strangers. The the strangers and strangers pray at night were some of the best horror films made in decades. I thought they were really really good. Yeah, they're good. They're I'm, really, I'm curious to see like how how these this next batch 
either ramps up or, or equals two, at least what they were able to accomplish in that. I really hope that's the case. And I, I think we're in good hands as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And I think the thing yeah, that definitely. makes it so scary is just it could happen to anyone. Right. The randomness of it. Yeah. That's which scares me so much. Right. right. <laughs> we also forgot to mention Maxine. Ooh, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. I can't believe we forgot to mention it. I think maybe because there's no like there's no like official release date on that one yet. So maybe it just kind of skipped our our overwhelmed minds. And I thought you guys covered it covered it very well. You guys did a very thorough Oh, thank you. Well um, we did we did our best, but there was a few yeah, we, we missed uh, Beetlejuice 2 again I don't think there's a it's kind of TBA as far as the, the release date but that's supposed to be coming out and then Ghostbusters right yeah March 29th we mentioned yeah. Lisa Frankenstein February 9th it's the one we're really really looking forward to and also a very important one Richard Elfman's Bloody Bridget yes which has been making the rounds sort of touring independently and in festivals all over the place. And we're really looking forward to everybody being able to see that one. Hopefully this year, this should be the year. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so crazy. It's, it's wild so fun. And not just because Lauren and my son Thayer are in it. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which makes you have to see it. Yeah, exactly. You listening have to see required it. viewing, but it is just, I don't know the the creativity of Richard and Anastasia Elfman, his lovely wife, combined is unlike anything you've ever experienced. It's almost like mainlining creativity to watch anything they do and to hear them speak. And they're completely doing these things almost with their own band of friends and and people they can get together. Because I think their ideas are so wild that. I wonder if a lot of people go, I don't even know how we're going to make that happen. And the magic of Richard and Anastasia is they figure out how to make the impossible happen. And they do it in such wild, creative and original ways that it is just a joy to experience anything they do on the screen. And it is so fun to be able to help support it as well. And I think everybody, that's what you should do. Support original, creative, outlandish and inspiring creators and uh, they are among the best and they brought along ego plum one of my favorite composers i used to follow ego plum's music when i was in college he he was independently releasing cds and he wasn't i don't even think he was scoring things at that point but he was making music on his own i swear like on a four track cassette recorder probably back then that was inspired by imaginary movies he would make up in his head so i was living in ottawa canada finding out about his music through i don't know like weird music magazines maybe like even in an ad in alternative press or something and you send away for the cd you had to mail away for it this is yeah like pre-internet even and um I would get the CD and I got obsessed with it. It was very weird, kind of childlike, Elfman-esque sort of music, I guess, if there's anything you could compare it to. Oingo Boingo, Danny Elfman. Circusy, childlike music with a twist, full of fantasy. And 
really nothing else like it. So I became obsessed with it. And we ended up meeting him at Richard and Anastasia's on a whim. I had no idea that they were even working together. So after all these years to meet Ego Plum in person here in LA, I couldn't even believe it. So we had a great chat at uh, one of their parties. And now he's he's been along kind of a partner in in all their films and projects and he's he's just now he's doing just tons of uh, spongebob and all these these animated projects and he's he's become the guy in hollywood for animation scores and soundtracks and yeah he's on board for this one and, and all their other projects so bloody bridget richard elfman follow him yes and also this is a great segue Speaking of families that create, this leads into something that I wanted to talk about that I ended up seeing. Lauren, you saw part of. Yeah. Where the Devil Roams by our friends, the Adams Family. Did you see that, Leo? I have not not yet. We ended up renting it, like, I think the two days before it was actually on To Be Free. So you can watch it on To Be Free. But hey, we love supporting them. Yeah. Our, our friend Catskill's own, uh, John, Zelda, Lulu, uh, Adams, and Toby Poser. Uh, 2021's Hellbender, the film they did, was one of our movies of the, that year. Yeah, it was great. so great. Talk about original. And they're back with their new one. And it's kind of a demonic family carnival road trip. And the thing, one of the things I loved about it, it was a period piece, but it's also completely set outside of time. It's supposed to take place in the 1930s, yet they've done it in a very disarming way by peppering it with element, with modern elements so it feels outside of time and eerie kind of like what it follows was able to create by misplacing things in in a time to create an abandon you know uh, an absence of time if that makes any sense so it takes place in the 30s but there's people with body piercings and the modern primitive culture mixed into it and you pair that with their cinematography and this bizarre and unsettling composition of shots that are incredibly unconventional. And then the soundtrack, the music is at the center of this film. And it is really at the center of this family because they are in a band together called Hellbender and they did all the music themselves on Hellbender and on this film and you could feel that family bond that they have together that special creative family bond not only are they making music together which is a crazy intimate thing but they're also making these films together they're directing it acting in it writing it and you could feel it and it feels special to experience and I don't know, it's hand-spun uh, murder folk doom metal is how I would describe this movie. Check it out now on Tubi. Yep. I it, can't wait. Yeah, it's really great. And then, sorry to go on a tangent. Everything I'm saying kind of leads, bleeds into each other. But another thing, family. So Scarlet, Terratine Scarlet, has been walking her way through Servant. She's became, become obsessed with that show. It ended at the beginning of 2023 with season four, the final season. We have still not yeah. seen season all of season four. We are now watching season four with her. So we, we stopped, I think, at like the first couple episodes, and then yeah. things got crazy with just life. And then we fell out of it. So we're now watching season four from the beginning with her. It's so fun to watch stuff through her eyes, by the way. They're very specific eyes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. We weren't even allowed to speak when she was watching. Like we watched some last night. We so, got scolded. Oh, yeah. She was like, if you two are going to talk, then I'm going to watch this on my own in my room. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Yeah. And we're like, they're just commenting like, oh, wow. 
Dorothy Turner, there she... Shut up! Do you guys want to talk? I'm going to my room. I'm like, wow. That's intense. This is special. Yeah, she is into it. Yeah. Yeah, really into it. But I understand. And it's now, she says it's like her favorite TV show ever made. Yeah. And she's big into American Horror Story. Like Murder House. Like she loved that. Now this is like her thing. And it, oh yeah, I mean this. What Knight and his daughters put together. I mean the cast is great, phenomenal. And not only that, unlike unlike many many shows, this one ends on a very very good thought provoking note. So they didn't skimp out on anything. Like they really tied the whole story together. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that, and I can't yeah. wait to experience that. And M Knight's, I know we mentioned it last time that M Knight's got a new one on the way this year called Good Grades. And I did not know this, but he's got another daughter named Salika, and she did a, a lot of her own original music on Servant, yep. and she ended up releasing an album called Seance this past year, and I've been checking it out, and it sounds like, you know who it sounds like, Lauren? What? Remember that girl Reese, or Rez? Oh, yeah, what was it? Yeah, yeah. Is it Reese? Is that how you say her name? I call her Reese. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, she kind of came out that like nouveau jazz, like acid jazzy, down tempo sort of stuff. So good, like um, kind of like that singer Estero. If anyone remembers that, Reese was oh, yeah. produced by Estero's producer. So Lauren showed me Reese. I was obsessed. And Salika sounds like just like that. Is oh, so wow. she's so good. And we missed her LA show in 2023. Guess where it was. Uh, the Orpheum Hotel Cafe. Oh, damn! What a cool place to be able to see wow. someone like that, right? Yeah, I've been to the Hotel Cafe exactly one time, and I, I gotta say, the parking was horrible. Oh, yeah, it's it was oh, yeah. that was scary. That was a scary a horror movies are scary. The parking at the Hotel Cafe that's scary. There's nowhere to park around there. <laughs> Amazing venue, Dude, though, intimate as hell. I played you played, played there once with yeah, with a friend of mine. Uh, She's unfortunately no longer with us, but uh, oh man, Margie, yeah, she. I was just playing lead guitar for acoustic, you know. Yeah, and because you know they they put you on early if you're like just a no name person, you know, like a not a. They put you on like at seven, you know. Yeah, and that's the drink. That's the after hour drinking hour. So like, the bar got full, and like the bar was louder than the performance. So I'm looking at her. I'm like, I don't think anybody can hear us. <sighs> and and sure enough, yeah, somebody got up and told the bar, hey guys. Please, you know, it was it was just a weird, weird situation. Wow. But, uh, when yeah, was this? Never went back. When was this? Ooh, this would have been 2005. Oh, wow. Just before. Yeah. I think, yeah, that was the year I moved here, actually. Oh, wow. I missed your show, Leo. It, so. it, uh, between that place, it was actually a better place called Highland Grounds. It's not close. Okay. The, the place to catch um, singer-songwriters. And like, like randomly one day, John Frusciante was just there hanging out playing acoustic. And like one day, uh, what's his name? Who died from, um, oh my God, the band. Alex Chilton from um, Big Star. Oh, no way. Yeah, I got, to, I got to chat with him. And then weirdly enough, like a month later, he was dead. Jeez. Wow. But uh, yeah, that whole singer songwriter scene is kind of, I wish these venues were still around and still supporting that, you know, like. Yeah, we have the Roxy, the whiskey, and all that, but we need more of that, like, you know, 
laid back vibe where a lot of these big names can just show up and play, you know? Yeah. Well, the Hotel Cafe is still around, right? I mean, this is the yeah. Salika show was back in, in June. You know who we ended up seeing at Hotel Cafe the one time I was there? That was actually a really cool show. Yeah, Lauren, you remember who that was? Skylar Fisk. Skylar Fisk. And whose daughter is Skylar Fisk? Um, it is Sissy Sid. SpaceX. Yeah, that's right. From Carrie's. And she was there. She was there. Watching her daughters. Her. And man, that was freaky. Yeah, really? <laughs> was. I mean, that's Carrie right that's there. Awesome. She looked the same. Exactly the same. And I was like, wow. Legend. That's so awesome. cool. And Skylar Fisk's music. Oh my gosh. If you haven't heard it and you're listening, you got to check it out. She's so good. She's got such a beautiful voice. From I love where her. I'm standing. Remember that? Yes, I sure do. What was that movie called again? I don't know. Ah, God, it's killing me. It was filmed Uh, up in Big Bear. Yeah, it's killing me because I really want to talk about UFOs right now. Okay, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. We're getting to it. I wanted to just add, what did I want to add about M. Night before? uh, Oh, and then, yeah, Shauna, his other daughter, who did some directing stuff on... Uh, servant and who also did second unit on knock at the cabin her debut feature comes out supposed to be june 7th called the watchers so we're really excited about that that said nice moving on to ufo land <laughs> for any of you who, who who don't care about ufos i'm sorry very very sorry very that's become sorry. something that everybody here is obsessed with especially lauren because there was a big three night televised event Right? UFO Revolution. Where was that plane? Was it uh, TMZ presented it? But what? Tubi. Tubi. Okay. It's on Tubi. Hell yeah, man. Tubi. Bringing the fire. So good. So the whole show kind of was at the centerpiece of that was Jeremy Corbell, who we've had. We've been so lucky to have had on the show. Encourage you to go back and listen to his episode. And Jeremy also did something for our daughter, which cemented in my mind the coolness of Jeremy. The way he treated our daughter was next to none. And crazy. I will forever I don't know, very moved by by how he treated her and uh, the respect that he gave her and the time that he gave her. She was 13 years old at the time and did something for her school project. Yeah, they, they her filmed science an interview. Fair. Yeah, yeah. It was just the heart on this guy, he's got a, a heart of gold. I mean, anyone who says anything, has anything negative to say about Jeremy Corbell, no, you're wrong. No. You're just simply wrong. Yeah. He's, he's the best. He's the best. So it was fun to watch him on this show kind of get a chance to reveal stuff that he's never revealed about the UFO mystery. Okay, let's talk yeah. about the jellyfish UFO. That was crazy. That was, yeah, one of those videos that he unleashed. Leo, what did you, what did you think about the jellyfish UFO? very weird and very scary that it's not visible to the naked eye and not even not even to um infrared it's only visible to that camera it was recorded on which was thermal right thermal yeah and, and they it would, couldn't lock on it yeah and it would go like yeah. clear and then dark it was I, it was what uh, detecting the thermal whatever pattern yeah, i think the camera was adjusting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean this oh, thing wow, looked I mean, like it literally looked like a floating jellyfish yeah. So, is that something that could go through a building? Like, is it like translucent? Yeah. Like, made of who knows? I mean, I don't know. Maybe right. Like, could have it hit something? Like, if it got too low, right? 
I, I don't know. I think about all these questions. Yeah, I don't know if anyone got close enough to see if it was made of like vis- like a phantom material or what. But then it went in the ocean. It did. It did. For 17 minutes. And apparently rose out of the ocean then shot away at a, a extraordinary speed which you know because you see some of these videos and like oh maybe that's a uh, balloons or right uh, flying trash or something but to see something like that accelerate but it it's like was something inside of it it looks so small right like i would be so claustrophobic if i was in that yeah i don't know and i don't know again i don't know about the some of these things, I wonder if if they are from outer space or we have visitors from other dimensions or whatever it is. I'm not sure that a lot of these things necessarily are piloted and that they could be of a drone type nature, like something like that almost looked like an alien kite or something. Right. right? It was flying over. It was in Iraq at a U.S. base out there. Right. Is that the I as far as I understood? So. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's actually a shared um, U.S. ally base. Okay, and that's why, like the other countries, I'm guessing it would be like the U.K. and you know, I think they were like shut it down, like shut it down, like after a certain point, it was kind of like top secret, like like don't go, you know, don't go looking for it, you know. Yeah. So it's not like we had 100 percent authority over the whole area. But whatever, whoever caught that footage, whatever caught that footage, maybe it was a, we don't know what it was, if it was a drone or a helicopter or something, something caught that footage. And there's a lot of, um, it's, it's clear. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. That's one, of the, that's one of the clearest things I've seen. I'm like, that is so weird looking. Leo, do you think that maybe we're not seeing all of it? Like, what if part of it isn't, could be in a different dimension or we we only have the visibility to see some of it and that's why it looks weird and maybe it's part of something bigger is that something possible that's a really good question and that's um and it's something we have to ask uh, jeremy because yeah that's it's i mean it's at this point anything's possible yeah but you know you know something interesting I was listening to this other uh, podcast. I can't can't think of the girl's name right now, but she released an episode yesterday, which was an episode with Lula, Lula, Lula Elizondo from like this past summer or something. And something new that he said. It was a question submitted by like a by like a Patreon member or something, and it was like, "Are we going to be surprised to know that, you know?" how can we detect these things? Like if we put detectors like around the world and he says, he's like, I'll tell you, he's like, I can't tell you much, but I can't tell you this. We don't even need detectors all over the world to see these things. We just need one. And it is so simple that when you you guys finally figure it out and it gets revealed, you're going to be like, oh my God, like this is crazy. Like we, I didn't even know that. <sighs> that got me thinking. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think? Is it a cell phone? Like, can our cell phones in a certain mode like record things that we can't see with our eyes, or a certain filter, you know? Or oh, kind of like like from beyond or something like that Lovecraft yeah. thing, like the third eye, uh, you know, some yeah. sort of thing, and they're all flying around us at all time. That's actually kind of what that that jellyfish one kind of looked like. That's crazy. Oh God, 
I'm gonna take so apparently my they're phone. easy to see. That's crazy. You didn't, didn't, didn't see how. You didn't see how, but Gosh. everybody will be able to see it once once it's, it gets out there how it's done. I'm like, oh man, it's got to be something simple like a phone. Yeah, that that's makes interesting. Sense. You know what's so funny is like throughout the the whole three part series, one of the things that was cleared up for me is I had no idea that Elizondo was like he was in charge of a tip right like he was oh yeah he was oh, yeah. running the the nation's <laughs> you know division of yeah. investigating UAPs I mean how crazy is it that they try to like delete him like yeah you know they got rid of him but then they were like yeah yeah he doesn't work here and then he's like ah oh. he's like I have signed like if you want to delete my emails which is illegal um you know I have signed letters from Senator, um, oh my God, what's his name from Nevada that passed away? Uh, Harry Reid. It's like, I have, I have signed letters from him acknowledging who I am and my work and the project and the funding and all that. So he used that as leverage against, against the government to say, don't mess with me, don't delete me because I'm still here. But in return, because he still has a security clearance, you know, he, he can't talk, you know? Like, he knows certain things, but he's trying to get certain things cleared so that he can say certain things. But a lot of things he can't can't say. I am so thankful for these whistleblowers that are out there, like, risking their lives to bring truth to the American people. Um, And that they think that it's important that everybody knows I mean, maybe not everything, but at least the basics. And I think that right. the the three part series is really. And again, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> shut up!" Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so so sorry, but yeah, it's just something we've been into. And like, real seriously, like, dig it up. There is a, definitely an element of horror to it too. It's very spooky. It, yeah, it's very spooky. But um, there was a part. There was a part in part two that man, it really got to me. Is when they asked Jeremy, like, you know. So, aren't you like you know scared for your life or whatever? Oh yeah. And he's like, and he's like, no. He's like, I'm pressed. I'm I'm a media, whatever. And they dug deeper into the question, and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, he had yeah. to stop talking. It's, like he was like, I need, I need, yeah. a, I need a second. It was like, yeah. what? Yeah. So there's there's a story there. Yeah, there's definitely I'm sure, you'll, I'm sure you won't talk about oh it, yeah and that, that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say that like a lot of people haven't somehow they missed the, the, the congress hearings and and all that kind of stuff that's been going on the past year and i thought this this three episode arc was like a really good crash course and kind of everything that's been going on yes. as far as the government and ufo transparency or at least and if you don't believe it at least this the discussions that actually have been going on in front of congress that you would just find absolutely fascinating it's like I feel like the general public has no idea what's going on. Like, uh, for yeah, it's not like really front page news in 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 that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Or it's laughed at. Like you know, like yeah. oh, right. it's what? still you know, it still gets. I tell people all the time, and they you know they're just like, <laughs> you're crazy, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. 
you know and regardless so if you don't believe like david grush who was a former u.s intelligence official who basically went before congress and said hey the u.s government's been holding non-human bodies taken from ufo crash sites that the military has been sneaking funds to cover up uap reversal engineering programs people have been injured to conceal the secrets if you don't believe that part of it the part that is a thousand percent true are these videos and what the pilots have seen in the skies is a thousand percent true the government is saying this is true we don't know what these are at least there's that I mean, the government is telling you that they do have craft and they do have biologics. That is fact, correct? Well, that's what David Grush is saying. Right. But under oath, you know, that's that's what he's saying. And actually, to follow up on that, just a couple days ago, I just read this. Yes. It was this Friday. They entered a Congress went in to uh, another confidential session with the inspector general of the intelligence community, a guy named Thomas Monheim. And this was uh, to follow up. This is the first one that they've had to follow up on Grush's claims. And they can't talk about it, but they're suggesting that the inspector general found some of the claims credible. That's all they're saying right now. Here's the interesting thing that I was thinking about. How would you find his, 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 uh, his accounts credible? See, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking yeah, that yeah, perhaps yeah. other whistleblowers showed up that are still actively working on those projects and said, yep, Grush is right. No bullshit. Like, no, that's what Grush on? was saying that, right, in the hearings that, hey, there's others. Like, you ask, I'm going to oh, yeah. give you names of others. Uh, you know, so th- 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 there's a lot on the line for someone to go up there and just make that up. Yeah. Under oath. I think some of, the, I think some of them showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so if some smart guy was out there, you know, taping the streets where they get dropped off into the doors, somebody might have caught the identities of these, these people, you know, walking in the building, but yeah. behind closed doors, I'm pretty sure they verified his story. And that's why all the senators are like, well, you know, we, we learned something, but the most important thing is that it's, it's been verified that whatever he's been, whatever Grush has been saying is absolutely true. So now we know. You ain't messing around like it's it's true. Yeah. And I would say that bill wouldn't have been overturned and, and I mean we got some things passed, but the bulk of it was not. If they didn't have anything to hide, they would disclose everything. There's obviously something that they're keeping from us. Otherwise everything would have been passed in that bill. Yeah, and the whole the whole thing with that bill is those two congressmen that that vetoed it. Schumer. Um, was it Schumer? No, no, no. He, he's he's the one who put it out. Oh yeah, okay. They're like no namers that you've never heard of, like Tom. Yeah. Tom Mark or something, you know. Okay. Those yeah. two guys that vetoed it that basically made it not pass. One of them is district is where Wright Patterson Air Force Base is, where a lot of alien activity has been, like rumored to be a you know rumored to be uh storage space for testing and all that so that's one of them and then of course they look at his fund like you know the, the donors that donate and of course he's, he's being donated by 
all the uh, you know the big air, the big um, private companies, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh god! I like they told them like, dude, don't let this pass. Whatever you do, and Corey's like, yep, no problem. I'll take care of it. And Ugh, god. you know, money. So two random yahoos that nobody's heard of, nobody cares about. We're like, stopped it from happening. Oh god! Yeah. Uh, that was interesting how they followed Ryan Graves to the Congress hearings they were having in Mexico. Oh, like yeah. the cameras yeah. were with yeah. him as they were going to that. And we got yeah. to see his reaction to when they brought out those alien corpses oh, during during the <laughs> the hearing, which made news everywhere. Yeah. Right. And they've been trying right. to figure out exactly what these things are. I think, Lauren, you said recently that they're, they're a bunch real. of scientists here like they're just like bones. Just yeah. random animal and human bones used right. to make it like a dolls, basically. That's They're so very small. Yeah. But even it was wild because Ryan Graves there, he, even his reaction, he was like, they wanted to interview him in front of the corpses. He's like, no, nope. no, not in. No, I'm not doing it yeah. in front of the. Like, he even knew, like, are you kidding? This isn't. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was there to express the importance of you know safety exactly in the skies right because yeah. he's, he's a pilot who's been seeing these things they see them every day up there which is crazy and they say you know again they raise the point during the special like are they from are they technology from another country and these pilots are saying this these things are doing things that they've never even known were possible like defying gravity and that any pilot inside of that thing would be dead instantly. And that if any other country held that kind of technology, their wars would be over. They would have oh, yeah. absolute control over everybody. So that's out the window. And, and, and also, how is it going to be American technology that's under wraps? Same thing goes. Whoever is able to do all these things, what a, like, you know? Yeah. No, I know. So it's that that theory completely goes out the window, as far as I'm concerned. And then they also brought up my favorite subject, which is like the different beings. Are there beings that you know people say they're you know aliens here that look exactly like us? Yeah, that was brought up on the show. That you know the possibility that people have said that. Which creeps me out the most, I would say. And then, or it could be us in the future. You know, millions, billions. Like time travel, basically. Coming back and checking up on things. Or something from a different dimension. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of these are what we're seeing when they say they're here. Is that... They're here, but in a different dimension. Even the, my brain still can't wrap wrap itself around that. But they're here with. Yeah, us. that interdimensional stuff. Like I, I can't uh, make any. Leo sense of it explained myself. it like, to me, and I get the like, basics. Because you it. know, the, yeah, I've heard uh, like Leo and other people say, "Oh, like Bigfoot, you know, Sasquatch could be an interdimensional creature." Like yeah. when people say, that, "I don't understand." Yeah, I, I, I can't wrap my brain around what that means. What does that mean? Leo, is there a, an a, easy way of explaining it? It's almost like um, in, in your in your room, going through your room right now. Every ounce, every corner of your room is the frequency of one hundred six point seven 
and that's K Rock Radio. That's rock music here in LA, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or ninety two point three, or whatever. Uh, ninety two New York, K Rock New York, or whatever. Right? All these different radio stations. Right? They're all coming through at the same time in your room, but you're tuned into one of them. Got it. Like like your TV set can only get one hundred six point seven. That's it. Got it. You're, you're stuck there. But the other ones exist at the same time. So the question is, how do you jump over to 92.3 or 104.7 or, you know, because they're there. So you just can't jump to them. How do they know that there are other dimensions in, in this one dimension? The funny thing is in physics, that's been like a theory forever, right? You know, string theory, 11 dimensional hyperspace and all that stuff. And we don't know what it looks like. And, um, you know, fun, fun, fun things to theorize. But I think somebody has seen something. Like somebody has seen a portal or the technology that gets you from here to there. Who who do you think has um, seen something? Like someone in, in military? Like one of these people who are oh, talking? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's, just, that's some crazy stuff. So like technically uh, you know, I don't know, like throwing it out there. So if we were able to tune into, you know, Ninety-two, three, or whatever the other frequency was in this very room. What would we see? Big Bigfoot could be standing right in front of me. Right. That's crazy, man. So we could be sharing the same space. Right. But would the room look the same, or would we yeah. be in the woods or something? It might be a whole different space area. Like, like once you switch it, you might be in clouds or woods or something. You know, like. That is wild. So the whole fabric so, of re- it's questioning the entire fabric of reality, basically. Yes, and it's interesting because you know you look at a movie like uh, what was that movie called? Jodie Foster, um, Contact, right? Yeah. And the whole idea why? Um, oh my God, what's his name? I can't think of his name. The Texan actor, um, Matt McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah. One of the reasons why he didn't want her to go because he's explaining to her simple relativity from Einstein he goes if you go and you come back like I'll be an old man or I'll be dead like 50 years would have gone by but maybe 5 seconds in your reality just went by right so I started thinking about if these aliens are popping in and out of our dimension and landing somewhere really really far right like let's say they live 40 light years away which is impossible for us to get to right super far it would take us 40 years traveling at the speed of light to get there and we can't even do that so let's say they do that right and they pop back in so when they were here last will not be the same as when they come back wow interesting so even if they can pop in in a second they're still traveling that great distance and because of that if they come back everything the time has advanced here yeah maybe neanderthals or cavemen yeah. roaming the earth and now now it's like oh, oh shit there's humans and they're popping off bombs and riots and you know rock music and whatever and then maybe another set comes tomorrow and they're like oh shit you know 200 years later you know so it's interesting to think about that what they're looking for or what they're observing you know because it's Clearly we've changed, you know. The Boo Crew will be right back. What was that? Make sure you get 
sure the back door is locked and then check the windows upstairs. Why is this happening? <gasps> Find something! The front front and in the basement! I'm scared and I think I'm gonna freak out. Sounds like they are in the basement! Being alone in the dark is frightening. Seeing alone in the dark is terrifying. Alone in the dark. Rated R under 17, not admitted without parent. was talking to someone about this and they were like well why would they would I, I the reason i don't believe is why would they want to come here what is here for them that they would want and i don't know it's a good question but there, there's i mean i think the, the answer is going to be with uh, sadly the scary reports of abduction right the people that have been abducted and then um cattle mutilations and the stuff going on at skinwalker ranch I think all that stuff's going to be like the key to those, to those answers. So you think it's going to be like a biological surveying, studying their interest in, in the human race and what we're doing? Like, do you think they're from another planet, uh, another planet, basically, somewhere else in the universe, and they're coming to observe and test because of curiosity? Yeah, they might be. Yeah, they might be. Um, there's, there, I mean, there's a bunch of theories. Yeah. There's even there's even one that they're they're allowed to abduct humans. I've heard that the and, president president yes, Eisenhower. that valiant Thor yes. story, which I've never yes. heard before. Yeah. That yeah. is a crazy story. What was it? Was it Eisenhower? Is that who it was? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, in the fifties, right? Like nineteen fifty-seven, maybe. I'm probably getting that and, wrong. But and yeah, you look at every you look at every single story of somebody missing like missing for good like never found again every story is they went camping alone they went hiking alone and a lot of it's right here like in california or in the pacific northwest you know so it seems like being alone is a target and they just they get taken for whatever reason but i think in that okay so it goes that three i think it was three aliens came here they telepathically and now this may sound crazy to you i might sound crazy to what are you what are you talking about three aliens came here what is this from the valiant oh the valiant thor Thor story story. yeah yeah yeah. and they which is actually out there it's a story there i think there's a short films movie he was in they had a valiant thor was in american horror story yes so the, he yes. communicated to officers that he wanted to talk to the president. He went and spoke to Eisenhower and said, you know, you need to stop with this, you know, these nuclear weapons. Yeah, it was we wanna, White House security, 1957. We want to take them. And Eisenhower was like, no, but made some agreement that he they were allowed to abduct a certain amount of people uh, as long as they return them to us, <laughs> to where they got them from. But I right. guess they're not being returned. They're like missing forever. Or No, he didn't give him. I don't think he gave him anything. What do you mean? There's a really, there's a really good. Um, you said you said Eisenhower. He was supposed to give him nuclear weapons or whatever. Yeah, he said no. Yeah, he said no. But he said, but you can 
take some of our people and abduct them as long as you return them. Yeah, that was, yeah, apparently the deal. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I obviously it's, it's, don't it know if crazy. that's true, but it sounds kind of crazy. And he said he was from Venus. Yes, the Venusians, like that other person, uh, Deborah something, Barian, or, or did you hear about that one, Leo, that there was some like UFO conference, I think around the same time, and they were, someone was describing what the species from venus look like and they look a lot like us they're like they look like nordics like blonde people um and they're tall um and they were very specific in describing what a venusian would look like and there was a lady there that literally fit the bill of what a venusian would look like and people were like are you one and she was said no obviously i'm not and she didn't want her photograph taken and then people took photos and she had really dark black eyes i guess that's a thing um and her her forehead like the skull is really she has this mark in this photograph i don't know if it was real but i guess she disappeared and then like no one could ever find her again I don't know if any of this is true. So many wild conspiracy theories and all these different possibilities, right? That surround this UFO mystery. I wonder if we're going to get some damn answers. It's like you hear about this dark side, right? They talk, there's always, uh, if you follow UFO Twitter and and what any of these people are saying. There's a very, there's a dark side. apparently. Even though was it Tucker Carlson has been doing interviews with people he's been getting all into it now and joe rogan of course and they there's people talk about the dark side of this and that the government knows and is trying to protect everybody because we can't handle it yep you know which i think i think grudge crush um hinted at some of that when he said that that human beings were, were murdered yeah yeah and you know when you when I said like by, they were like by who the government or these non biologics non human uh, biologics and he's like both yeah so you're like okay well something's not right somewhere yeah these things these things are actually don't understand us or you know they can murder us at, at will you know I mean if they us, have whatever, that I mean, kind of technology I'm pretty sure they could you know wipe out this whole planet yeah. if they wanted yeah. to. Yeah. It hasn't hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Unless we're all dead and living yeah. in a simulation. <laughs> Who knows? Right. Yeah. Was it some of your <laughs> some of your friends, Lauren, were like, how would it really affect your day to day though if you knew? Yeah. <laughs> you would still go get your Starbucks or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> the world would yeah. still operate. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have a friend that was just like, so what? I could care less. Right. Like, how is this going to affect me? Like, you know. Uh, there is a part of that that's true. Like, what, your bosses are just going to be like, you know, I won't get called. Oh, we're not doing radio anymore. That's it. Yeah. You know, like the machine still keeps turning, right? It has for years and years and years and will yeah. likely for a long time. Knock yeah. on wood. I just, yeah, I hope that... You know, we continue getting more answers. I have so many questions. 
Um, Do you really want to know, though? Like, if you had the choice, if you could just keep going on and life would be life and everything would be just as it is, or you find out something that potentially changes your entire belief system from now until the end of our lives, would you rather know and be disturbed and live like maybe knowing something that you might be uncomfortable knowing? Or would you rather be oblivious to it? That's a good question, but I think I'd want to know. I think it can handle it because, I mean, I've go- I've heard the darkest of dark theories, theories yeah. and, and they're they're pretty powerful and incredibly depressing. Um, but I don't think that would change anything for me. I mean, I'm still going to go on and like my friend said have my i don't i don't have starbucks but um you know diet coke can i have my diet coke and (laughs) you know uh go on but i would be like that is some crazy like i would probably think about it yeah i don't know if i could get something like that out of my head yeah i mean i'd love to know you know again it depends on what it is really if it's if it's beings from outer space i think that's amazing That'd be amazing to know that if it's something that's truly dark and I could live life not knowing and it wouldn't affect me, I might choose not to be affected, you know, but not know maybe. And, and maybe like Leo, do you think that the reason we don't know, like the government hasn't come out and said, you know, we have spacecraft, we have aliens, they're interdimensional. Uh, the reason that they're here is because it's there's something really dark that they would have to get to. Like, like I feel like once you start, like you can't stop until you tell pretty much everything, right? Like you can't. Like, I heard for Roswell, you know, they just, they would have been fine announcing that, you know, there was, it was a spacecraft that they They did. They did. They did announce that. Yeah, but then they took it back. Yeah, they took it back. And they created this whole weather balloon bullshit. But at first it was, we caught a flying saucer. Yes, and that they did collect biologics, but I think there's something else that they found that they would have to tell people and that was that in the biologics that they found they found a chromosome that is in us that is in them so that opens yeah opens up a huge discussion right yeah it blows it up crazy if that's true you know right and that's yeah that's uh could change everything right so you know, you want to know? Mm. And and Leo, do you think like they don't want us to know? Do you think that these? Yeah, definitely. But then why do they keep showing up and making themselves visible? Is that like, are they doing that on oh, well, accident? Maybe technology, oh, our technology is catching up with, you know? Yes. Being able to see them yeah, more, that, you know? That's happening. And they might be getting more aggressive. They might just be saying time's up and we're going to start showing up and you know we want to see what's going on and you know 
But then how could we not be curious? You know, wouldn't they know that we would be curious if all of a sudden we start seeing things that we didn't see before? Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure they know that. I mean, that's that's why they keep their distance and they can hide and go invisible and disappear and go under the water and right in a flash be at a different point in the sky, you know, like. We, we can't we can't follow that all yeah. we could do is you know look at the military sensors and be like oh there's satellite dot there and there's a dot there and there's a photo there but yeah we can't we can't chase them we can't catch up to them the other side of this too i i never had known this but the ufo uh, sightings that have lo- been blah my tongue's all tied uh the ufo sightings that have happened underwater from submarines yeah. and things yeah. Is whizzing back up past uh, the speed of sound. Um, that's crazy. And it also makes a lot of sense that they were speculating, hey, if a UFO is going to hide and land, the best, safest place that we would never find them is in the oceans where we've only explored 5% yep. of them. So, yeah. man, that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Of course. Yeah. And a lot of these things are seen landing in water, which I didn't know, really. So, yeah, I I mean, it makes sense to me. But, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting year. I think that with people like Jeremy Corbell and and George Knapp, but also just watching their uh, watching their friendship. I love watching their friendship. It's so it's so adorable. (laughs) I don't know. I love it. You know, the the, the, uh, admiration they have for each other and how Jeremy seems to have just, I don't know, lit lit a fire under George again. And they're both so passionate and enthusiastic and, Everything that uh, George has been spending his whole life in pursuit of is coming out in ways that have never come out before. And it's just yeah. fun to watch them enjoy that moment together and to fight that fight. I love it. Yeah, it's it's really special to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting you know, and 2024. And there's a lot of these people like George and Jeremy and Lou Elizondo. And, you know, they're coming forward and they're saying, well stuff's coming your way don't worry you know and people are impatient right i'm impatient we want we want yeah we want answers we want to know what this is what's going on we want the 23 minute video we want to see the occupants you know i think what i think what may happen this is maybe a long shot or maybe not maybe like a 60 40 or 70 30 chance 30 percent chance that um we might end up getting through what they're calling catastrophic disclosure or chaotic disclosure? What's, have you ever heard of that word? Well, what's that? Explain that. So they're saying that a bunch of people will come out at one time and like real like whistleblowers that are actually currently working. Oh, like, like currently working in these, in these programs? Yeah. And they're going to be like, look, I'm tired of my life being threatened, you know, or, or I was fired, you know, like Rush, you know, that's yeah. a similar story gonna come out in droves and they're gonna be like here's the photos this is where they're stored this is what's going on this is our our successes with it or not or we know they're hostile you know right kind of being inspired by by everybody having these conversations finally you know yeah so so catastrophic disclosure or they also call it chaotic disclosure Hmm. maybe something that happens and they're you know they're saying that that would be a big a big mess 
Because if it happens that way, going back to the, you know, hey, little green men, the greys, and everybody's like, yeah, right, it's another person in a suit, that's a fake, that's not a real autopsy, you know? We might end up going back to that, where the real stuff comes out, and we think it's fake. And then we're back to score one. Right. I know. I, uh... I I feel like there's gotta be, and, and we've talked about this, that there has to be videos out there of... Well, we know there's videos that we haven't seen, for sure. Yes. They've yeah. all talked about that. There's stuff that, even that... Uh, Tim Burchett has seen that we haven't been able to see that right. they're blown away by. So yeah, it does exist. It's just all classified right now. And you know, I think again, Jeremy released a bunch of, he's releasing, he's releasing these things all the time. So I know this year, there's probably going to be some crazy things that we're going to see. Um, but yeah. I want to see like what a pilot looks right. like. Right. You want to like see, I, yeah, you're obsessed with the, the actual beings. I just, and, and like you, what you said when we were watching this, that like maybe I think you said like the government has been trying to like prepare us because oh, they yeah. seem yeah. to look like what we imagine the grays to look like. Where did we get that image? Yeah, that's my that's my conspiracy theory is that we all have that image of the gray alien with the giant head and the and the two big black eyes. Is like where exactly did that come from? How do we all know that image and where did it exactly right. come from? Is there one particular film that started that? Like is where did that image come from? And I feel like my conspiracy theory is that that image has been kind of dripped to us slowly over years of our entertainment and our books and media so that we won't be as shocked when we actually see these things in real life. Right. That's my conspiracy theory. Hmm. Which is, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I also get really scared of it too. Yeah. Like it scares yeah. me like on another level. Yeah. For Lauren, it's like watching like true crime shows i think you know what well it's scary you know true crime yeah, 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 is scary yeah, 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 but yeah. it's also interesting you know you're like yeah drawn to exploring and, and learning about it and watching it obviously you can't turn away but you also don't want to know like it's scary yeah, yeah. it's in the kind of exists in the same place yeah it's, so you, you, you guys have seen the name gary nolan pop up right it sounds familiar isn't in, it uh, Rich- in the documentaries oh is it you mean richard is it richard nolan no, it's it's Gary Gary Nolan. Oh, okay. He's the professor from Stanford, the immunologist. Oh, okay, yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a short story. Yeah. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring it back to Gary Nolan, okay? Gary Nolan Gary Nolan is in line to win the Nobel Prize for his work in immunology. Oh yes, I'm looking up a picture of him. You know exactly yes. who this guy was. Remember? Yeah. He's yes, all, yes, yeah, yes, he's yes, all yes, over yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you a short a short story of, of a personal story here. So in the mid '90s, I was working for JPL, and uh, it's as the, what they call APT, academic part time. And when you get that position, you think, "Oh, I'm just a gopher, right? I'm just a guy who they call to get coffee and all that." And it turns out to be not true. If you work as an APT or a co-op, uh, you're actually like part of the team. Like they actually give you stuff to do, right? So what I didn't know is that eventually, after training and all that, and security clearance and all that, you know. I was a part of the team that would rotate the Mars Pathfinder um, 
space spacecraft because you know it takes like seven to nine months to get to mars right and on the way you know the sun hits a certain part of it so you gotta rotate the space, space, spacecraft at certain points so you can cool it off right and you constantly do that and the, the department that i worked for was called the, the thermal and propulsion engineering section and um my boss you know every day is like all right so when are you gonna join our engineering team engineering team and i go dude i'm I really love biochemistry. I'm going to continue studying biochemistry. Like, I'm not going to switch over, you know? And it's like, ah, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll win your heart over. No worries, you know? So one day he says, hey, he goes, you got to go see uh, Andre. I'm like, who's Andre? He's like, Andre Yavrubian. He's, um, he's a Russian scientist that works in the building right behind mine, right? So I worked in section 353. He was in 354. And we were in, like, sister sections, you know? And... Andre was given a part of the Mars rock. So, right around the time, July 4th, 1997, when the Mars Pathfinder landed on Mars, it was, it's the first rover that landed on Mars. So I worked on, I worked on the mission, the mission it was exciting. Um, around that time, Andre was given a piece of the Martian rock. The reason why is because that rock was found in Antarctica, like 50 years ago or 40 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying that finding that rock was kind of like looking in a field of blackness and you see a big nugget of gold just sticking out, like just sparkling. Like it was so unique, so different that we they knew it wasn't from here. So upon they studied it, they thought it might have been from the moon. It turned out to be from Mars. And he had it in this glass case. You know, the ones you see where you put your arms in these gloves, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a, but like something it's that was like full of plutonium or radiation or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the, wait, so this is, there was there. a rock found in Antarctica that was from Mars. Yes, because uh, from millions of years ago, asteroids that hit Mars, blasted off pieces, ended up in orbit around the moon, around Earth, and eventually fell through our atmosphere, landed in Antarctica. How did they find out it was actually from Mars? Oh, because you look, you can you can look at the chemical signature. Like once you start probing it, the insides, and you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, that's Martian. Because we we know Martian, we know Martian composition without, without even going to Mars. We know what it's made out of because our telescopes not only look with the eye, but the radio signals, and they can they can beam back the um, composition of like helium and carbon and silicon and oxygen and what percentages and all that. You know, that is crazy. So Mars is. So yeah, so Mars is very unique compared to the moon, compared to Venus, compared to, you know, every planet's different, right? So this so guy had this Mars chunk 100%. of rock and he had it in one of those glass things where you've got to put the gloves on to like touch it. Yeah. And my boss was like basically telling me go see Andre because he wanted me to hold the rock, you know, through, through the gloves, you know, through the things. And I did. And it was exciting, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm holding something from, you know, millions of miles away, like from Mars is crazy. You know, that's been on Earth for millions of years, you know. Um, at that time, part of his job, he worked in exo- exobiology, astrobiology, but he's also a geochemist, he's also a geologist. Like, he had degrees, up, like, he, you know what I'm saying, he's, he's, like, fully packed with degrees related to geology, rocks, and formation, and planets, right? I have none of that. He's an expert in that field, right? And I was, it was so exciting. And, of course, the conclusion was, like, well, we see evidence of fossilized bacteria in the rock, and here's here's pictures and diagrams of the like sulfur bonds and all that. You know, inconclusive, right? Because they weren't sure if it was deteriorated, if it was real bacteria that was fossilized. Sure. You know, this was inconclusive. They weren't sure. That was a story in 1997, right around the time the Mars Pathfinder landed, around July, July 4th. 
So, I, I keep on thinking, Andrea Rubian, man. This guy had more degrees in rock science than anybody I know. And that's why NASA gave him the rock to study, you know? But he, he was one of many scientists, right? He was just a local one here in Pasadena that, that studied that rock. And to this day, I never kept in touch with him. I, I don't know if he's passed on by now because it's been a number of years, you know? I, I, I even doubt it. I, I doubt he's alive, you know? If he is, he's, he's an old age, retired, I'm sure. But fast forward to present day to this gentleman, Gary Nolan, right? So Gary Nolan, if you follow his story and you follow like the likes of Diana Pasolka, who's the, she's the religious theologian and all that, who's been on multiple podcasts, she's also studying UAP, UFOs and all that. He took some of these people out to the deserts, G Gary Nolan did, the deserts of, uh, I believe was New Mexico. And it's a secret crash site and he wants to keep it a secret. So a lot of these people he had brought out, he like blindfolded them. It's documented in, in various books. I think Ross Colhart might, might have been documenting a part of it, uh, of the girl Diana, you know? Um, anyways, they brought back samples, right? Which they think is part of a crash. And Gary's studying them, right? And I'm thinking, what's wrong with that story? Like, I keep hearing, Gary keeps studying, and, and, then, and then, you know, eventually we're going to hear that, oh, the composition's not from Earth, and... It's these weird, you know, isotopes and weird chemicals that we can't make here on Earth. And I'm like, why is an immunologist from Stanford, immunologist who works with cells in the human body and disease, not an expert in metals, not an expert in rocks, not an expert how you make metal compounds, you know, from, from different elements from the periodic, periodic table. Why is he studying this? Now, Grush has said we've had non-human biologics, right? Yeah. Why isn't he studying the non-human biologics? My question is, do we know that if they have human DNA or no DNA at all? Are they based on carbon? Or are they based on silicone? Or, or not a different element to the periodic table? Interesting. Like, are they androids like are they not even human like do they just walk and act like humans but they're not or are they just made out of plastic or rubber and have no soul have no consciousness have you know like why is an immunologist studying rocks and metals that's not his specialty weird that's not his thing like there's people out there that are geologists yeah. that are experts in those fields why aren't they studying that like, I want to hear them say, like, like, like when I hear somebody on those alien shows say, well, it's a chemical composition on me from Earth, and I'm like, you just, you looked it up in the machine and the computer, like, like you don't know that for a fact because you're not an expert in that field. You're an expert on using X-ray crystallography to analyze it, but you're not a rock metal expert. So what's your theory on why he'd be looking at it and not a rock expert? There's got to be a rock metal expert looking at this. So there's got to be. But the question is, who are they? Yeah. Because I, th I think he's just a facade. I think, I think yes, he's looking at it out of pure curiosity because he really can write a grant and get millions of dollars for new equipment. But just because he got the new equipment doesn't mean he understands how metal can make, you know, not just four bonds, but six bonds. And when it bonds to core bond, uh, uh, boron or silicone or other, you know, 
like like weird things right that we can't do here or let's say we can do them on earth for a split second but they're not stable right kind of like pablo czar talking about element 115 right mm -hmm. he says if that stuff came from somewhere else it was made somewhere where it was way more stable in that environment for for whatever reasons but here on earth we can only make a ten thousandth of a nano microgram and it has a half-life of point zero 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 nineteen seconds so like we can make it we can detect it and it's poof gone so it's, it's like who are these metal experts Fast like, those are the ones i want to see looking at the crash sites and the metal and the and whatever Bob Lazar played with, like those are the people I want to hear from. If Gary Nolan wants to continue, I want to hear from, hey, somebody must have given you some DNA to play with, some alien blood, some alien intestines or something. Like, you analyze something. Like, what are they? That's what I want to know. Again, oh. nobody's asking that question. Nobody's asking that question. Gotta get that guy in yeah, here. Yeah, we gotta be like, <laughs> we'll just blind, him. blind yeah. side him. Yeah. So we want to just talk about, you know, just simple Your things. favorite horror movie. I saw a book. I was actually at Halloween Town today, and there was a book that coincidentally had, it was like some sort of horror tour guide book. Okay. And it had different horror filming locations and UFO crash sites uh. where you could visit. Oh, that's cool. That sounds like we should, I should now get that book. That's so It funny. was like 25 bucks. But like, that'd be cool, right? You'd love that. Yeah, I would. Um, That's cool. It was Richard Dolan that I was thinking of, Leo, who was also, I was like, isn't his name Richard? Yes. Uh, Richard Dolan was on that special as well. Yeah. And he yeah had, he's a different guy. Yeah, he had some interesting things to add to that conversation as well. If you're interested in this stuff too, Jeremy Corbell's film about Bob Lazar is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Talks all about yeah. exactly what we're talking about and more. And, and Bob Lazar actually, he, he ends up calling him in one of the episodes yes. of, uh, of UFO Revolution. And it's a really sweet conversation. And I love what Bob has to say yes. about, you know, I don't want to spoil Dude. it because it's a cool button, but... There's a random video I found online, and I and I it might have been like one of those stories on Instagram. So I have a hard time finding it on YouTube. Yeah, the source. Yeah, uh, but no, it's a short video, maybe like five ten minutes long. Okay, it's Bob Lazar where he built uh, the, the, his Corvette. You see that one? Oh no, I've, I've seen it's like little bits of footage of him building this car with like rocket fuel, right? No, no this is a different car. He oh, okay, out of hydrogen hydrogen uh, gas wow and uh the, the guy who's videotaping who's, who's interviewing him it's got to be some friend right or something because you know they're just chatting he opens up the, the trunk and he you know showing him the t it's like a bunch of tanks of, of hydrogen gas you know like a bunch of them the guy's like dude aren't you afraid that you're gonna blow yourself out you know up and he goes no he goes i figured out how to stabilize it he's like it's, he's like it's it's not flammable like it's not it's not gonna ignite the crash or anything because i figured out a way I engineered this metal compound that stabilizes the whole reaction. So I don't worry about that. He goes, oh, where'd you get the metal? He goes, oh, you typically typically find the metal in the insides of a core nuclear reactor. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the guy's like, but wait a minute, how'd you get yours? He goes, oh, I made mine. <laughs> he, goes, you made, he goes, you made yours? He goes, 
Yeah, he goes, I got a reactor in my backyard over here. Come come over, come, I'll come show you. Oh my gosh. Oh and my I'm like, God. this guy's playing with, I mean, fire is not even the right word. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's like uh, building, like, he's playing with like nuclear energy to build a new stable metal to make the hydrogen tanks in his car, like not flammable. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, if there's anybody who's worked on a UFO, it's that guy. Right. I can't even figure out how to make the volume work on a remote. So <laughs> there are people that are oh, way more advanced than I. I can't even. Yeah. All right. We're coming up on just over an hour here, so we should probably yes. wrap it up. I apologize. if you This is deep UFO talk, man. Wow. We're not into the UFO thing i think we had to get lauren had to get it out of her system i, I did and then we apologize that this is how that was done it was building <laughs> up and building up well it's great i don't know i have fun talking about this stuff it's great leo's got these awesome stories too yes you and know next week we'll be back i mean if there's more discoveries we will update you but it won't be um <laughs> as crazy I do, I do i do want to give you i do want to give you a quick 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 prometheus uh recap yeah, oh, yeah, go yeah. for it. Because I know, I know you watched it. So did you? Did you quick, uh, quickly? Did you understand the opening scene? Because uh, honestly, a lot of people did not, and then it's uh, totally fine. I, I mean, I think I did. I, I looked, I looked it up after okay. because I wanted to make sure that I understood exactly what it meant, and it goes along with a lot of theories that I've heard that I've been going down the rabbit hole on and. Right, man, I gotta see yeah. Alien Prometheus. And it's so good. Dude, and then, yeah, and then and then the whole thing with like her giving birth, and then her. Keep, I, I don't want to ruin keep, it keep keep for <laughs> Trevor, yeah. who's like, what? Um, and then no, notice the date at the end of the movie. They mentioned the date. Okay, I'm gonna. We'll watch it. Babe, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just think looking I'm it up right now to say, oh, Numi Rapace is in it. That's yes, amazing. Numi Rapace. She's amazing. She's Charlie Theron is in it. It's so yes. Yeah. Holy yeah, Michael Fassbender. Wow. No, oh, it's great, dude. It's one of my favorites because what happens in that movie? I swear, I think we're living through it. I think mm-hmm. part of that might be our reality. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm interested in seeing that. I, I can't believe I, I snoozed on so many of the Alien movies. Yeah. Like after the first couple and just like, you know, I love yeah. them, but I, yeah, missed the sequels. What was the Winona Ryder one? What was that? That was a good, was that three? Oh, the third one. Yeah. 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 That was good. I love that one. Third or fourth. I think that was, yeah. Alien three was not Winona Ryder. So it's four. It must've been four. Yeah. Winona Ryder. Brad Dourif's in it too. Yeah. Directed by Jean-Pierre Junet. Written by Joss Whedon. Oh, some Buffy. Buffy yep. Which we've also been watching. Little Buffy. Little Buffy on the side. And also, pay attention to the paintings. Like, you're going to come across some paintings in Prometheus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... they're going to be like, whoa. Oh, wow. Man. That stands out. All right. Don't look Alien Prometheus. Okay, well, you know what? I'll watch that. And then Let's try and watch that this week. Okay, yeah. But okay. you've seen it already. Yeah. Oh, so. you, you can deal with it if I watch it again. Yeah. Will Scarlet approve of us watching this? I don't know if it'll go with her servant plans. We're on a very strict schedule with her. Yeah, but... It's a terror team. She has school, so she's not going to be able to watch shit. Yeah, late so. night, yeah. 
This would be a weeknight. Yeah, it would have to be a weeknight thing. That was your Boo Crew Podcast, episode 412. Thank you for being part of it. Production tracks provided by the great folks at Power Man 5000. On behalf of myself, Lauren and Leo, it is the Boo Crew saying... Sweet screams. That's right.